What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of BS Faith, aka Bumper Sticker Faith. Um, it's good to be with y'all this morning with my brother Sam. What's up, Sam? How you doing, brother? Good morning. I'm doing good. We're looking forward to Easter pretty soon. Yes, yes, man. And I are, love it. Are you going to a basketball game tonight? I am, man. Can we say that on the air? Yeah, we can say, man. I'm going to go see LeBum. I mean, LeBron. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm probably I'm not a like I'm not a fan of LeBron for yeah. various reasons, but he's an iconic player, no yeah, doubt. And I'm blessed with the opportunity to go see the Lakers yeah. and the Bulls tonight. And LeBron and I were born in the same hospital. In the same hospital. And you told me another fun fact the other day about LeBron. Yeah, I did. About him following your. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I won't get into that. But uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But okay. yeah, there was some LeBron sightings from uh, my childhood growing up. Yeah, sure. man, that's something. That's yeah. crazy. But that's yeah. pretty cool. But they're playing the Bulls tonight, so that they should be a good the one. Bulls tonight in Chicago. Go Bulls! So, Bulls. So today we're talking about uh, the resurrection. The resurrection. Easter is coming up on April 9th. Is we that- not. I want to talk about Cadbury eggs for a second. Okay. I love Cadbury okay. eggs. They got two types, I think. The kind with just the caramel in the middle mm-hmm. and the kind with the white stuff. Yeah. And, uh, that's the one I like. Yeah. The caramel, that's too rich. What is me. that white stuff? I don't know, man. I don't even want to know. It's it's probably stuff. And it has get, the yellow stuff too, right? It probably give you heart attacks and strokes. Yeah. That's probably what it is. I haven't had one for a while. I haven't either, but I will have or like one since soon. last year. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, because that's really the only time they come out, right, is <laughs> yeah. during this time. Yeah. And I like jelly beans too. Hmm. What's your favorite jelly bean? Red, man, cherry. Oh. Cherry, then probably orange. Okay. Um, have you ever had jelly beans and peanuts mixed together? No. I learned that when I was in prison. It's like it's- peanut butter and jelly then. Peanut man. butter and jelly beans. Dude, I ain't never even think about that. Huh. It is so good, though. Guy told me he used to eat candy corn and peanuts. Uh-huh. And they didn't sell candy corn, but they sold jelly beans in uh-huh. prison. So he gave me some one time. He put it in a in a bag and mixed them together and yeah. gave me a handful. And, dude, it was the sweet huh. and, like, salty thing going yeah. on. But, man, it was amazing. Hmm. That stuff will stop you up, though, so you got to be careful if you eat too much. <laughs> you be on the toilet for hours. Legs be numb and everything. So you got to be careful. But peanuts and jelly beans, if y'all ain't tried it, don't judge me. Go out there and buy a bag of jelly beans and some peanuts. They're not honey roasted peanuts. Just mm, get regular just salted straight, nuts. Yeah. And um, that stuff is fire. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, how does how does jelly beans, Cadbury eggs, and the Easter bunny relate to the resurrection? You know, I don't know. I don't think it does. They're good things. They are good things. Yeah. One thing is the greatest, though. It's part of a celebration. That's right. It is part of a celebration. And uh, so so today we're going to be talking about very, like, specifically, did Jesus rise from the grave? Amen. And we're going to be just hitting it head on. And there's proofs. There's certain theories and ideas that people have said over the centuries to say this is what really happened and Jesus didn't rise from the grave. And so we're going to look at each of those. There's like seven of them. Yeah. And uh, will we hear from OGK today? I don't think so. What about Tertullian? Tertullian? Tertullian. I just like saying those names. Yeah, we could get into Tertullian probably next. I think I want that to be my new nickname. Tertullian. When I think of Tertullian, I do think of you. I think of tortillas when I think of Tertullian. (laughs) I had some uh, the other day. What is it called? I forget what it's called, but it's from one of my Mexican friends. He um, said that with the leftover tortillas, what they do is they soak them in salsa and then they cook them and then they make eggs with them and have them as a breakfast dish. And you put some queso fresco on it, mm. some sour cream, mm. some eggs with these soaked in salsa tortillas. And he made some for me. Whew, that was good. That was fire. That sounds That's fire. That's quite a breakfast. Mm, that sounds good, How did man. we get on that? I don't know, Oh, Tertullian. Man. I just ate a big old cinnamon roll, so I, I ain't hungry. <laughs> Shout out to... Uh, Stomping Grounds Cafe. Stomping Grounds. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Thanks, good, Stomping Grounds. Had some good cinnamon rolls. We're willing to eat your pastries any day of the week <laughs> for a discount. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the resurrection. So kick us on off then. So in uh, I have 
on uh, in my first book. It's called Hope Stands. I have a copy of it there. In the appendix of it, the whole book's about the Wait a minute. Re- the when you say in your first book, can you clarify that for our listeners? Yeah, the first book <laughs> that I wrote okay, and just, published. Okay, all right, there yeah. we go. Um, it's called Hope Stands, and it's about the resurrection, the whole thing. Uh, and, and in the appendix of the book, anyway. So I just threw this in at the end, these seven proofs for the resurrection. So that's what where these are coming from, just okay. um, <clears throat> to give... Uh, um, I, I guess proper. Uh, and if people want to read more, they can go yeah, to Amazon, Amazon, yeah. and purchase this supposed book that you wrote <laughs> yeah. and had published. Yeah, in. it was a while ago, <laughs> 2011. Nice, nice. So that's where this comes from, uh, because um, yeah. So, he, so number one is Jesus died. Yeah. Did he really die? Yeah, and so that's what. Yeah, number one is. Um, disproof, I guess, people say, well, Jesus really didn't die. Mm -hmm. And each of these seven that we look at, it's amazing to me because uh, scripture like covers all these bases. It's almost as if the way the gospels were put together, that you can just look at scripture and see that they give a a reason or an answer to each of these objections. Uh, And you may have not seen it at first, but once we give these, and on and I'll how about I put these on our um, on our website too for people. Yeah. But you'll they'll be able to see the the sufficiency of scripture in this. Mm, amen. And there's other reasons outside extra biblical and that that we could look at. But even if you just focus on 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 scripture, so Jesus really died, um, and proof for this is given in um, John nineteen thirty four the blood and the water. So that's the first thing. Uh, the blood and the water give proof. When the soldier put the spear in his side and blood and water come out, guess what, people? <laughs> That's a very good indication that uh, that there was death. His, his heart was ruptured. The membranes were ruptured. His lungs were ruptured. And you can't live after that. And the second part to that is, is that we have to remember these were professional Roman uh, executioners who oversaw this. And we're told that in Luke 23, Verse 47. So these guys, it wasn't like this was their first rodeo, the first time they ever did this. In our in our culture, we may think it's weird to uh, put someone out in public, hang him on a cross and crucify him, but not then. Back in those days, they did that regularly. And um, and especially if you were a centurion, you would have, have overseen hundreds of these in your life. And so you were the expert on when someone dies and when someone doesn't die. And there's even outside the Bible, there's texts that we have where it, it talks about um, hundreds of crosses being lined up for miles along some of the Roman roads mm-hmm. of people who were crucified. So they knew what they were doing. And if this guy said Jesus was dead, he was dead. Yeah. And I mean, there's other brutal ways that they killed people besides crucifixion. Yeah. You know, before they started crucifying mm-hmm. people, they would just brutalize people to death in various ways. Mm-hmm. You know, as a lot of maybe movies we see that depict some of our real history, yeah. you know, of beheading people, mm-hmm. of cutting limbs off of people. And I mean, they didn't have hospitals like we have today. You go cutting the guy's arms and legs off. That dude ain't living. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He ain't living. Probably be dead before mm-hmm. the fourth limb gets cut off. And you they know? did brutalize Jesus before mm-hmm. even his crucifixion. Yeah, yeah. That's something I wanted to point out before we moved past yeah. that was there's a great, if anybody hasn't seen the movie The Case for Christ, um, probably one of my favorite, if not the favorite proofs that's used is at the end when he goes out to California, I believe, and talks to this medical doctor, mm. you know, and from a medical standpoint, he uses some medical terms that mm-hmm. I can't remember, but he explains and he talks about this torture that happened with Jesus prior to the mm-hmm. crucifixion. And he made a pretty strong case that medically, like Jesus would have been on his last legs. And he even goes so far as to say the fact that he didn't die spoke mm-hmm. to his his godliness Mm -hmm. in a sense, you know what I mean? No mere man could have withstood this type Mm -hmm. of torture and he probably would have been dead before the cross. Mm -hmm. And so 
you you it's pretty graphic. And I mean, there's an, another movie, um, and I can't remember the name of it right now. The one that shows all of this, the, the passion, really, the passion. Yeah. yeah, you can get a good yeah. glimpse of what that looks oh, like yeah. if you check the passion yeah. out. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah, Mel Gibson's gonna have the resurrection coming out. Yeah, that's I'm gonna be cool to see. Excited about that. Yeah, I'm super excited yeah. about that too. But all these point to so people people who say that Jesus didn't really die, like that's their proof. You can look into these things, and and it becomes uh, more clear that Jesus really did die. He didn't just uh, pass out because there's way too much trauma done to his body, as you said. And you can look at Matthew twenty seven. 26 to 31 to see some of that trauma. Yeah, and if you guys are listening, like I know we're just kind of talking and mentioning Bible verses, but we'll put this stuff yeah. where you can check it out. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to remember the Bible verses yeah. and we can just talk about it and then you can go back if if you want to use this to help in your evangelism or to have conversations about the resurrection, mm -hmm. like we'll have all this stuff available yeah. for you guys to actually see and you can use it. And, to, and to encourage yourself as yeah, well. Yeah, amen, amen. So Jesus really did die. These were professionals. They did it again and again and again. They knew they knew what they were doing, and uh, that was the whole point of their task. He even died early, which surprised them. With that anomaly, uh, demonstrates the fact that he was dead because they were shocked to see, oh, he died quickly and they didn't need to break, did not need to break his legs. Correct. They just pierced his side um, because he was already dead. Yep. And and there were implications mm -hmm. for the soldiers if a person Yeah, we'll was get not, to that. We'll okay, get to that. All right, all right I want to steal your yeah. thunder. All right, all right. Okay. So number one, Jesus really died. Number two, people say, well... The uh, the objectors say, well, they they really didn't know where he was buried, and maybe they uh, went to the wrong tomb, for instance, and the right tomb was lost. Well, number two, the place of Jesus' burial was known. The tomb belonged to this well-known and upstanding person. His name was Joseph of Arimathea, and that's Luke twenty-three verse fifty. He was an upstanding citizen in the community. Like I said, well-known. And he was trusted. He had been around a while. He was older. Like people, he was legit. And it belonged to him. It was his property. Like there's no way around that, that he knew exactly where his tomb was, that he made for himself. Yeah. It was his own, but that he gave to Jesus in this case. So it's, 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 it's silly to think that it, it'd be like silly for me, Sam, to say that I don't know where I live. I know yeah. exactly where I live. And right? we know that Jesus was such a popular person during that time that there's no doubt from the time of his beating to the time of his crucifixion to the time of him being taken off the cross and buried, there would have been many, many people who would have followed that kind of mm, progression, yep. that, that procession, if you will. To see exactly where the man's body yeah. was put. Yeah. You know, so it wouldn't have been like, oh, this super polarizing figure that's performed all these miracles and done and said amazing mm -hmm. things. Like the movie's over. Mm -hmm. He's let off the cross. Oh, what's for dinner tonight? And yeah. go home. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Like yeah. there probably was some people that were like that, but there was many people who loved Jesus not just the mm -hmm. 12, but other people that I believe were mm -hmm. also people that followed Jesus mm -hmm. as true disciples, that they would have been going along with mm -hmm. that, like watching this mm -hmm. and, and kind of being a part of that mm -hmm. crowd, if you will. Yep. And this wasn't a huge city like Chicago or New York City where there's millions of people. Yeah. And like it was much smaller. People knew everyone. Yeah. And people knew where things were. Yeah. And Joseph of Arimathea, as you mentioned, being a wealthy individual, like those graves weren't nearly as common as oh, the common folks, absolutely. right? That's right. You know, it's kind of like when you go to a cemetery and you see the headstones, you see the big mausoleums. Yeah. And it's like, man, I wonder who that person was. Yeah. Like, that must have been a baller. Yeah. Because they got like yeah. their own house yeah. that they live in, in yeah. above the ground or something. That's you right. know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so this would have been a noteworthy place mm -hmm. where the elite were buried and there wasn't that many elite mm -hmm. people back then. Mm -hmm. So there would have been no doubt. We know yeah. what hill this is. We know where those mm -hmm. mausoleums, quote unquote, if you will, we know mm -hmm. where they are. 
And so we're following them, yep. right? And the Roman soldiers are doing their job mm-hmm. as they should yep. and supposed to because, as we'll get into later, what they do, what the Roman soldiers have to do. They had to put a seal on the exact spot. They had to put the Roman seal to, in, to assure that this was the right place uh, where Jesus was buried. And we used to see that in Matthew 27, verse 66, yeah. where they put the seal on. So those Roman soldiers going to this tomb, had to, they had to know where it was, uh, and they had to seal it themselves. Yep. They weren't about to like make a mistake uh-huh. and go seal some other place, but by the nature and fact that they put a seal on it means that it was the right place. They knew it was the right place, and everybody else knew it was the right place. Yeah. And Joseph Arimathea even went to Pilate, another ruler, and so there's accountability there too. Pilate knew where it was. Uh, so a lot of reasons. Yeah, to I, don't know think, that- I don't think there's any legit questions of where the body was laid. Mm-hmm. If they were, people just want to be blind mm-hmm. and don't want to acknowledge the truth of this. So num- number one, he really did die. Number two, the place of Jesus' burial was known. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can't escape in those areas. So the third one, people will say um, the tomb was not empty. But in objection to that, no, the tomb was empty. So the the guards couldn't find the body. So this is a case for the empty tomb. Mm-hmm. The guards themselves couldn't find the body, even though their lives depended on it. And that's a well-known fact yep. that part of your job, uh, you would be imprisoned or executed if you uh, messed up. Yeah, that's the implications, right? right? Yeah. If you didn't carry out your job... It wasn't the case of you might lose your job. It's like you'll probably lose your head. Yes. Because they yeah. ain't playing with you. No. They ain't playing. And that's why they were so brutal. Mm-hmm. They got a family, right? They want mm-hmm. status. We're going to make sure we execute our job yeah. well. We get a, um, another episode like this in Acts chapter 16 when God caused the earthquake to happen when Paul and Silas were in prison. And... The the jailer the, was gonna, but but the prison doors open. The jailer didn't even know if they escaped yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just saw that the doors were opened. He assumed that they did. Yeah, but even upon the assumption that they weren't there, he whipped out his sword and was ready to kill himself because killing himself would be better than facing whatever his superiors were going to do to him for failing at his job. Yeah, that's a great um. Great comparison yeah. to let us know, like, these dudes don't play. Yeah. A man was going to take his life because he supposed people left prison on his watch. Yeah. And now I'm going to kill myself. R- rather I'm than not going to try to run away. Yep. I'm not going to try to hide. I'm not going to say, hey, y'all felt that earthquake, right? Like, you got yeah. faulty equipment up in here. It yeah. ain't my fault that the doors yeah. opened and the chains fell off. None yeah. of that. I'm not going to yeah. try to bargain my way out because I know what's coming. Mm. Is bad. It's mm-hmm. terrible. And I just want to get this over mm-hmm. with real quick and easy. Mm-hmm. So great point. So, uh, and then also with the empty tomb, Jesus, his own enemies, Jesus' enemies presuppose the tomb is empty because they give excuses as to why the body is not there. Like, just think about it. They don't say things like, no, the the body's there. You just have to go look here or there or, or whatever happened. But rather, even in their excuses, it presupposes that it's not there. And that's Matthew 28, uh, 12 through 15. And their excuses are like the disciples stole it. Those are their excuses. I mean, it's outlandish, the things they come up with. Like, the disciples stole it? Come on, man. He's weak. I know. That's part of an, another oh, okay. reason. But we just <laughs> you just first have to let that sink in, that they are assuming that the tomb was empty, right? They don't throw another body in there. They don't point at another anything else. But their or their excuses are based on the fact that they cannot find the body. And because if the body were there, if it were, they could just simply point to it and stop all the excitement and commotion. Yep. But they had no body to point to. And and like the fact that they ha- didn't have one, it, I think it'd be safe to think like at some point they could have been like, wow, this stuff really is true. Mm-hmm. But that's how hard their hearts were. Yeah. That's how evil they were, you know, and antagonistic against It's Jesus. like, think of a, a little boy who steals all the cookies from the cookie jar. Uh-oh, why are you talking about me, man? <laughs> and 
the mom says, what happened to the cookies? And the boy says, oh, the, the dog ate them. See, he, the little boy presupposed that the cookie jar was empty with his excuse. Mm-hmm. He just gave the wrong, uh, he, he told made up an excuse. He told on himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where she, she just said, what happened to the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he could have said, they have to still be there. Let's mm-hmm. keep looking. Yeah. But as soon as he says the dog ate them, he presupposes that it's empty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've had many situations in my life happen like that when I was little. <laughs> my mother says, what is it? What What did I find in your room? And I'm thinking like, I don't know. What did you find? And then it's like, I tell something and she's like, oh, I wasn't even talking about that. It's like, dang, you got yeah. me again. <clears throat> Where were you at? What happened last night? It's like, I stayed out past curfew. Oh, I didn't mean that. I mean, what happened with this mess in the kitchen? It's like, dang it, man. I keep telling on myself. Yeah. I got to get That's smarter. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. The Jesus' enemies, the Pharisees and that, they tell on themselves. That's mm-hmm. a great way of putting it. The tomb was empty. So just to reinforce this, number one, the... Um, Jesus really died. Yep. Number two, the place of his burial was known. Three... The tomb was empty. And then four... The body was not stolen. This is the other uh, objection people give. They say, well, um, someone came, the disciples or grave robbers or somebody came and stole the body, and that's why it's missing. Right? That's the little boy saying that the dog came and stole the cookies. Mm-hmm. But so think about it. Um, who, if you think of the categories of people who would have stolen the body, the Jewish authorities? Well, they wouldn't have stolen the body because that's what they were trying to prevent in the first place. Exactly. exactly. So it wasn't them. Two, how about grave robbers? Well, there's evidence that grave robbers would not have stolen it because in the scripture, it says they left behind the grave wrappings, wrapped them with all the spices and the clothes. I mean, they weren't worth much, but they were the most valuable thing there by far. But even if there's no value, I don't know if you stole stuff, but I used to steal stuff. Like if I go break in a house to steal something, I'm not like flipping the mattress to find some jewelry or money and then putting the mattress and making the bed back up. Yeah. because I'm not doing that's that. That's right. Because they found the clothes wrapped yeah. in, in the right places. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. if I'm still in a dead body, I'm taking the whole thing. I'm not going to take time to unwrap it. And what mm-hmm. happened to these soldiers? Mm-hmm. You know, did I knock them upside the head? Did I kill? You know, it's like it's too many like logical reasons mm-hmm. as to like debunk that theory. Mm-hmm. Like that's just dumb. Mm-hmm. The disciples ain't did them. They scared to death. Yeah. Them little scary frail, except Peter every now and then get a wild hair up his butt and cuts people's ears <laughs> off. But other than that, he a coward too. Yeah. So a lot of them, a lot of them have a lot of fear. Yeah. Even Peter proved <clears throat> himself a coward when the uh, uh, slave girl, a servant came and said, aren't you, you with them? And he's yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah, no. That's not me. Yeah. So, so he showed his fear. Yeah, that's the that's the wackest one out of all of them. So grave robbers wouldn't have done it because they left behind the most viable thing. The <clears throat> disciples, as you said, would not be able to do it because of their fear, their inability, not to mention the entire Roman guard. Yeah, and those are trained <laughs> fighters. Yeah. The disciples were fishermen, tax collectors, <clears throat> like all these other types mm-hmm. of people. They they weren't like skilled at the art of swordsmanship or yeah. karate or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So they couldn't have done it. And then uh I like this little episode in John 20, verse 15 with Mary, who is like a follower, a disciple mm-hmm. of Jesus. Even she and her questions assume that someone else might have taken because she the said, body. "What did you do with the body?" Yeah, yeah. What did what did you do with the body? So we disciples didn't take it. So so maybe you, the gardener, someone else mm-hmm. might have done it. And and in with her question, she assumes that he's dead too and not alive, because she said she 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 talks about Jesus as an object where they have laid him, where they have put him. Uh, because uh, a, a body that's dead, you have to put in lay places. Yep. If you're alive, you just you know w- walk yourself. Which goes to the lack of understanding when Jesus had taught them many times prior to his crucifixion and yeah. you know his resurrection was, you know they're going to destroy this body in three days. I'll raise it up. Mm-hmm. You know or he he tells his disciples on several occasions yeah. that this is going to happen. Yeah. And they don't would, get it. They don't get it, Mm-mm. which is pretty common. Mm-hmm. You know, at least they're consistent <laughs> in a bad yeah. way. Like they never get yeah. it. 
So yeah, they were not ripe and ready to believe the resurrection. It was just as surprising to them as it sounds to us. Yeah, yeah, to give them credit, like if something like this happened now, I can't sit here and be honest and say, oh, I totally would have got mm-hmm. it. And I totally would have believed it. And I'd have been like, oh, y'all going to go see where Jesus at in the tomb? Like you tripping he ain't in the tomb. He, let's go check the village. Let's go mm-hmm. check the inn. Let's go check, you know, if it's breakfast time, let's go to the to the breakfast spot. Mm-hmm. You know, because he probably ain't there getting his grub on. Like I probably would have been just like them. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, uh, the scholar N.T. Wright uh, makes a point out of pointing out that the belief in the resurrection then to the Jewish people, they did not believe in the kinds of resurrection, like individual resurrections that that have happen right when you die. The Jewish people believed in a resurrection at the very end of time. Yeah. When yeah. everybody who was a believer would be raised at the same time. Mm-hmm. But nobody, nobody held the belief in a personal resurrection right after you died. Yeah. And even after Jesus resurrected Lazarus from the dead, which was a real thing, like that happened. Even with that happening, yeah. people still. They still didn't believe. Yeah. And they wanted to kill Lazarus and Jesus again. Faith is an incredible thing, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Faith. I, I think that at least me, I was going to say we, but I won't put everybody in my category. I think for me, when it comes to faith, I want to consider myself to be a, a strong believer or a man of faith. And the more and more I live my life and I look back at it, I start to see the lack of, mm. you know. And, um, you know, that I, I hope that humbles me, mm-hmm. you know, because it's good to be a strong person of faith. But, you know, faith ain't that easy, man. Mm. It's not as easy as just say just have it's easy to tell somebody have faith that's going through something because I'm not going through it. But the mm-hmm. minute I'm going through something, it's like, well, where did my faith go? Because mm-hmm. I just told so and so they need to have it. Why can't I have mm-hmm. it? I think it's a fleeting thing oftentimes. So you're saying like you could have all these proofs and it could seem obvious or like an airtight case, but when it comes down to it, it comes down to faith. Yeah, man, because flesh gets in the way. Yeah, Flesh gets in the way of faith. And that's not just with the resurrection. It's with anything going wrong in your life. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. And it's, I, a, and it's the struggles, right? Yeah. This was a struggle for them. This was a person they loved. Yeah. You know, they washed Jesus' feet. Mm-hmm. And they supped with Jesus, supped, mm-hmm. and not slept, supped. They ate with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, they spent intimate moments with mm-hmm. Jesus, and now he's dead. And they were broken afterwards. Mary was crying. Thomas was angry. Yeah. The disciples were terrified, afraid. It's like a deflated balloon. You mm-hmm. know, you take a kid that's got this hot, this balloon that's floating in the air on his own. It's all cool and and as the days go by, that helium wears off or escapes. And now it's like this flat thing laying on the ground. It's like, where'd my joy go? Mm. You know, my balloon is deflated and mm. now I have no joy, mm. you know, and like, woe is me. Mm-hmm. So I can see, you know, that's I'll probably be right with them. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I want to say, man, they crazy. All the stuff they saw, mm-hmm. man, I wouldn't have never lacked faith. Mm-hmm. I can't say that, man. I'm, I'll probably be worse than mm-hmm. them. But I am thankful that these proofs in scripture do hold up and at least we can have these when we come to our senses to be able to see absolutely the, absolutely the case so the body was not uh stolen the fifth one is they knew exactly which tomb to go to so some people object and they say they just went to the wrong tomb and we we hinted about this uh but still people will say they actually ran to the wrong spot but multiple eyewitnesses watched where Jesus was put in the tomb and would not forget the location in just 72 hours. People like Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, and the women, they actually saw him being placed in the tomb. Well, you know, there were so many tombs just like that in so many different locations that it stands to reason they could have got it mixed up. Not. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like you said, this was a big deal tomb. Yeah, without well, I, I mean, yeah. it's such a big deal. They had a gigantic stone. Yeah, that had to be rolled and put in front of and it. a that, Roman guard. Yeah, and a Roman and I, guards that were there. Yeah, 
Right. I don't know which tomb because there's 50 of them that look just like Sam, but there's one that's got these two freakishly crazy looking nomads standing in front with armor, a sword, and a shield. I think that's I the think one. I think that must be the one. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Again, yeah. like the devil will do some of the yeah. dumbest things. And guess what? We're stupid to fall mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. We are stu- We got to stop falling for the devil's mm-hmm. stupid tricks because mm-hmm. they are stupid. That's for sure. You know, and and we see how stupid mm-hmm. they are because look what he puts in the minds yeah. of man. And think about those guards there. They wouldn't be standing outside of the wrong tomb. No. Again, it'd be, it'd be their, just their lives like, depended on if, it. If, 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 they, if they passed the test of making sure Jesus was dead, it's like, okay, whew, my life yeah. is secure. But I'm going to like be like kicking cans and stuff like that around a tomb and letting people come steal the body. And, no, because my job ain't over. And because the authorities specifically told and forewarned the soldiers, they said, listen, his disciples may try something. So they were on their guard, the That's Roman great. soldiers were. Yes, yes. They were watching. So again, these little details you see in the text uh, give more credibility to uh, the Christian's case. And I guess if you think about it, like... Did not the either the Pharisees and or the Romans have more faith about Jesus not being in a tomb mm. than his actual followers? Yeah. Because if they were like, yeah, this dude's nuts, like he's mm. dead, he's in the grave, like our job is done. Mm. But no, they're like, we need to put some protection on mm-hmm. this because something crazy might happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they right? believe more. And the Even, disciples were hiding in their houses. Yeah, and I'm not saying the crazy would be that he'd resurrect. Like, I'm not saying yeah, they would no, believe no. in the resurrection, but they believe something could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. And they believe so strongly in it mm-hmm. that they placed guards there. Mm-hmm. You know? So that wasn't yeah. for no reason. Yeah. They knew something. They felt something yeah. might or probably will happen. We want to safeguard against that. Yeah. So, but the disciples, they didn't yeah. once think maybe Jesus will such... walk through the rock or maybe he'll click his heels together mm-hmm. and there's no place like Jerusalem and he'll appear there or something. That's such a huge detail for us. The fact that the Pharisees stationed guards there. So today, today that gives us so much support and encouragement for believing it. If they have not done that, then these arguments would look very different today. Yep. But Amen. they did. So. Amen. First one, Jesus really died. Second one, the place of Jesus' burial was known. Third one, the tomb was empty. Fourth one, the body was not stolen. Fifth, they knew exactly which tomb to go to. And now six, there were many resurrection sightings. Yes. People may object and say, well, no, it was all in disciples' heads, a couple disciples' heads. No, that's not true. There are actual resurrection appearances and sightings of Jesus. I'm going to name some scriptures. Again, you can look these up. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20 and 21, the book of Acts chapter 1, chapter 9, that's with Saul and Paul, chapter 10 with Peter, chapter 18, chapter 23, chapter 26 of Acts. How about the entire book of Revelation showing that Jesus is risen? And then this passage in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 9 this passage mentions more than 500 eyewitnesses. Yeah. I, so my two favorite is 1 Corinthians 15, mm-hmm. and the other one is, I don't remember which gospel, but... Luke 24. With Thomas. Oh, oh Thomas. No, with Thomas, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's John 20. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man, because he's yeah. like, woe is me, I'm sitting there, and they're like, man, we just seen Jesus. They're all excited yeah, coming yeah. in the house, and he's like, yeah, whatever, man. I y'all tripping. I ain't yeah. man. I ain't touching that unless I see him and touch mm-hmm. him. And all of a sudden, like who's who, whoever said Jesus don't give you what you need when you need it, mm. they ain't read John chapter twenty. 20. Yep. Because right in that moment, what do Jesus do? Bam! He right there yep. on the scene. He and he's like, Thomas, he's what's Jesus up, dude? Jesus on the spot. Yeah. He like, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. Like here I am. See my hands. See and my side. Invites him to touch put me. his. Yeah. Yeah. Touch me, yeah. dude. Like I'm yeah. as real as it gets. Yeah. It ain't nothing real to me. And then I think Jesus says something. I always mess this up. He says something about blessed are those who believed and have not seen. Mm-hmm. That's not the whole part. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's almost like Thomas, like, it's good that you believe mm-hmm. now that you see me. But actually, more blessed are those who believe and have Even not though, yet yep. seen. 
And it's like, that's us. Mm-hmm. Jesus talking about us. Yeah, yes. Think about this for a minute. How much of a blessing would it be to be Thomas? Mm. To be living back there at that time and to be in that house and see a resurrected mm. Jesus. Dude, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. But Jesus says more blessed mm-hmm. are those who will have faith in mm-hmm. this one time act that most of the world will never mm-hmm. see. They're more blessed mm-hmm. because the faith that they yeah. have gets them there. Mm-hmm. Whereas, unfortunately, your faith is so feeble that you need to see me. So Jesus gave Thomas. Yeah. What he needs. His faith was feeble because think about Thomas from another angle. His best friends saw Jesus raised and, they didn't and told Thomas they saw him. And he, he didn't even trust his best friend. So he, he was just barely separated from the moment mm-hmm. and he still didn't believe. But Jesus, like you said, condescends and says, okay, I'm going to help you to believe by giving you this proof. Yeah. And in first Corinthians, Paul was writing about, he mentioned like this person saw him and this person saw him. And then over 500 people yeah. at one time saw him. And then he said, I can't remember how he phrases it in the New King James. And then. And then one as and someone untimely born. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I love I yeah. love those old school phrases yeah. and words. He appeared and, to me, Paul. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this is historic. This is history. Yeah. Right. This is like reading yeah. about Napoleon or reading about. You know, Aristotle, some of these people that we know exist from their writings because Mm -hmm. none of us were alive Mm -hmm. then. This is history. It it actually is history in the sense that the scholar um, Richard Bauckham wrote this book called Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. And he talks about how writers did wrote history uh, back back then. So today we use you, you think of bibliographies, you think of footnotes where we reference our works based on other books and other works. Uh, because we have them. Right? Yeah, yeah. But back then they didn't have libraries, printing presses. Yeah. They, they didn't have all these resources, couldn't create bibliographies, all that. So the way they wrote history was if their quote unquote footnotes were, were other human beings who were eyewitnesses of accounts. And so as you read the gospels, there's very good reasons why sometimes a gospel writer will, will mention a name. Sometimes he won't. Sometimes he'll mention a family. Sometimes he won't. Whenever the gospel writer like mentions a specific name, it's like Jarius, Jarius's daughter was raised. When it like he says Jarius, it's because at the time that he wrote it, Jarius was alive. He was a firsthand witness. He's my footnote. So if you doubt this story, go knock on his door and say, listen, did this happen? And he'll testify to this. Yep. That's how they did history. Yeah. When they mention these specific names, like in First Corinthians or like in Luke 24, any of these places, it's because these people are alive, go to them, and they'll be a reference. They'll be mm-hmm. my bibliography. Yeah. That's, no, that's just great. how they did history. And that's the only way they had it. The only way it. they had it. That's right. Yep. No, that's good. Man. And then, that's of course, right. another one of my ones I got to say is Luke 24. On the yeah, May. Road to a That was pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's one that... You know, I think as I talk to different people about stuff, I think a lot of times people are still really confused when they read the Bible and they don't understand when they're reading passages like, is this pre-crucifixion? Is this post-crucifixion? Mm-hmm. You know, I get that a lot, you know, and it's like, man, like we really need to read our Bibles more. Yeah. You know, not to become a theologian, but to become a person who loves God's mm-hmm. word and like feast on it mm-hmm. and know, know things like this. Let's go to the last one. So to rehearse them, and I'm just saying them again, so they just get drilled in your head. Number one, Jesus really did die. Number two, the place of his burial was known. Number three, the tomb was empty. Number four, the body was not stolen. Number five, they knew exactly which tomb to go to. Number six, there were many resurrection sightings. And then number seven, the objectors will say, well, this is just a legend or a myth. Mm -hmm. All right. And so I say, no, the count is not a legend. Yep. Amen. So definition of a legend, a legend is a story that lacks accurate historical evidence. So in contrast to that, the gospels are full of proper names Dates, cultural details, historical events, customs. We we fail to 
appreciate what the first writers of the Gospels, the time period that they lived in, even when it comes to geography, for instance. So when it gives a detail in the text about this city was 20 miles away from that city, they didn't have Google Maps, okay? Mm, Really? They didn't have cartography. Like, they didn't have the information that we do. We have to appreciate that. So the only way that they would have known specific details like what what politician was in office like all these these specific historical details is that you had to be alive at that point and walked it yourself mm-hmm. known it yourself because there were no encyclopedias there were no reference points so no, to say point. that someone wrote these or concocted these even 100 years later that person living 100 years later would have no access to this the kind of specific details that are, are in these texts mm-hmm. they wouldn't yeah. The only way is if you are alive during that time. Yeah. So that means that they this wasn't legendary. It it, it couldn't it, it just couldn't have been based on the level of details that that are given. And this they're written from people who lived it, walked it, knew the details of that cultural moment moment in history. Amen. Amen. It's not a legend. And then legend. um over the years since I since I wrote this in the book, I've gotten a different appreciation for the word myth, uh, especially um, what J.R. Tolkien said to C.S. Lewis, that Jesus is the true myth. And he meant something different by what we normally mean by myth. But I have this one in here anyways, but it's about the same ideas with it being a legend, but um, uh, a myth or a legend is a fictitious story or an unfounded belief about a person with no real existence. But as you said, Lewis, like there's more evidence for Jesus' existence than any other ancient figure. The written accounts are, uh, date from about five years after the resurrection that we have, uh, which is not enough time for a myth or a legend to develop. All the eyewitnesses were still alive, could easily dismiss the claim if it weren't true. And uh, besides, as we've talked about, most of the disciples, no, we didn't talk about this. Most of the disciples died for their belief in the resurrection, mm-hmm, yeah. right? And they would not die for a legend. Yeah, they not wouldn't. at all. I mean, people like people don't want to just lose their lives. I mean, people yeah. are in the preservation of their yeah. lives. As, especially think about the chronolo- chronology um, uh, of it all, too. Like, there's historical evidence when some of these disciples died, <laughs> you know, the years that they died. Mm-hmm. And a legend takes, uh, if people say say it was written hundreds of years later, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. How could they die before a legend that even happened? Yeah, right? and, and as popular as other writings are, not that they're more popular than the Bible, but when you take, um, like, the um, Chronicles of Narnia, if mm-hmm. you will, some of these other, The Hobbit, some of these other famous mm-hmm. writings from years back, like, people aren't, like, building lives and building buildings and building... Uh, religions, if you will, based on these legends or Mm -hmm. myths, these mythical figures in these mythical realms. Like, why did the Bible become the book that people Mm -hmm. built this stuff on? That's one thing. Mm -hmm. And the second, why are they willing to die for it? Who's out there going to be willing to argue about Schmeagle or any (laughs) Hobbit or something like that? Nobody going to die for that, right? But why would people go and be dying for, like, the stuff in the Bible then? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there may be, maybe I'm tripping, no, but they knew it was real. Because they knew it was real, man. There's something else to it. So the resurrection, man, you know, I, this song keeps jumping in my mind as I've been sitting here. I, there's no doubt you've probably heard it. Don't know the name of it, but mm-hmm. it goes something like up from the grave. He arose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
with the mighty triumph or his foes. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't sung that in years, oh, man. He, he arose. He arose with the mighty. <laughs> man, we tripping. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so the resurrection we believe is real. There's been many a life lost over mm-hmm. the thousands of years since this God man's resurrection. And I don't know about you, Sam, but I would venture to say you'd probably be in agreement with me that I'm not putting my life on the line really for nothing, Mm -hmm. but especially something that I may not be able to say is really true. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that that this happened. I mean, there's been many wars fought. There's been thousands of lives lost Mm -hmm. um, aside from the disciples who were martyred Mm -hmm. and many other martyrs in other countries than the U.S. and, and even today. In some countries, mm-hmm. there are martyr. There's martyrdom taking mm-hmm. place where people are being persecuted. Right? Why am I going to be persecuted? Why am I going to bear the name of Christ in a country where I could lose my head, or mm-hmm. in a country where I can't get any kind of stable job mm-hmm. to like provide for my family? Like, why would I do that? Yeah. Why would anyone do that? It's because the resurrection is different than anything else we've ever encountered. Like I'm still thinking about your comments about these other books that have been written, great books, even great Christian books, mm-hmm. like the Chronicles of Narnia or Lord of the Rings. But people don't die for those things. They don't have the same effect. And my mind keeps, it's it's going back to John 20, where there's a truth, I think, that I, I want to at least plant in people's heads right now, that the resurrection has an effect on your life immediately mm-hmm. today because in John 20 we three in John 20 we see three possibly four different situations where the resurrected Jesus shows up right in the middle of our mess so he has he shows up first to Mary Magdalene who's crying she's sad she's full of sorrow she's depressed her life her world is coming apart mm-hmm. and Jesus stands up right there the resurrected Jesus and changes her sorrow to joy, Amen. like an immediate effect of the resurrection. Yep. And then he shows up uh, to Thomas, who was doubting, yep. and changes his doubt immediately to believe. And he shows up to the disciples hiding in fear behind locked doors, afraid of the Pharisees and the mm. Romans. Yep. And he says, receive my peace. And he Amen. changes their fear to peace. And then the fourth one, he shows up to... Um, to the disciples and Peter together after Peter's failure of denial and Jesus gives him purpose and mission. So the and resurrection. Don't, and don't forget the road to Emmaus. And the road to Emmaus. Where these disciples are yeah. sulking. Yeah. And Jesus, who had intentionally hidden himself or blinded them to who he was, is like, man, what's wrong with y'all? Like, why are you sad? And they go for this like seven mile journey. Yeah talking about how this great, amazing man that they put their faith in and who they adored and loved, Mm. that he's died and that they have him Mm -hmm. no more Mm -hmm. and that they kind of don't even know where to go in life. As soon as they get there. He breaks the bread. Yes. And it says their eyes were opened. Yes. And then then they supped together. Yeah, yeah. They supped. <laughs> supped. Well, sup, S-U-P. So anyway. Yeah. But, and let's not forget the Apostle Paul either, right? Oh. As soon as Jesus, the resurrected Jesus showed up to him in Acts 9, his life changed too. Yeah. So I want to emphasize this because he, this resurrection is not like a neutral statement. It's not like, but it's like, it's like acid almost, mm. a good acid. It gets <laughs> on you and it starts changing things mm. for the good. And in our world today and in people's life right now, we need hope. We need that. And it has the power to change whatever situation you're in, Mm. whether it's sorrow, fear, doubt, failure, hopelessness, uh, anger, rage against the church. Man, Jesus has the power to change it right now. That's the power of the resurrection. It's not something you have to look Mm. forward to one day, but he can change your circumstances now and put you on a new uh, trajectory in life. Amen, man, Sam. That is a great point. Like, as I think about people who are being antagonized and persecuted by others, or maybe it's a family member that that doesn't know Christ and they're making bad choices, you have a desire for them to, to know Christ in an intimate way and make him their Lord and Savior. Like, if you want any person's life to change mm-hmm. and change for the great, mm-hmm. then it starts with the resurrection. Yeah, It starts with the resurrection mm-hmm. because that's a great point you made. In, in, in intersections that we see 
with Jesus intersecting in someone's mm-hmm. life or resurrected Jesus, instant life change, yeah. instant joy. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean the circumstances around him doesn't no. change. Like Mary was still like going to be persecuted. Yeah. She still was like, like not going to like, she didn't mm-hmm. just like win the lottery and everything mm-hmm. changed like that. But in terms of her faith, mm-hmm. in terms of her mm-hmm. joy, in terms of her hope, mm-hmm. that stuff is ignited. Mm-hmm. The resurrection is like a yeast in the dough. That's how Jesus mm-hmm. puts it. Yes. It just starts to go to work. Amen. It starts small and starts to go to work. When we've seen the yeast spreading, uh, the kingdom of God mm-hmm. spreading throughout this world. And one day the whole thing is going to be, Risen. Amen. Right? And so that's something we can have confidence in yeah. today is that that same resurrection that happened several thousand years ago, that same power exists yeah. today and the power exists in us to be able to share the gospel, mm-hmm. share the resurrection, which is part of the gospel with those who we love and care about. And first, we need to be sharing it with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So let us just soak in what mm-hmm. we've talked about today, even if you know all this stuff. Let, let's pray and say, Lord, let this um, brighten our fire, yeah. you know, if it's gone a little dim. Let this give us more joy. Yeah. Let this give us more hope. Let this give us motivation that we can be the ambassadors that Paul writes about in Corinthians to go out and be ministers of reconciliation to the world. Because yeah. the resurrection, yeah. acceptance of the resurrection equals reconciliation. Mm. And so that's a great thing that we mm. can have today. So what's your final could, word? Could you pray for us? Yeah. As our final word, yeah, I would yeah. love Let's that. Let's pray. Let's pray. pray for the people. Man, Lord, thank you so much for the resurrection. Um, without it, man, we'd be lost and we'd have no hope. So thank mm-hmm. you, Jesus, mm-hmm. um, for coming down to this world that is full of sin and traversing it for 30-ish years mm-hmm. um, and being tormented with sinful people while you're here, which culminates in your death. But death doesn't stop you. Death doesn't hold you. You defeat death. You conquer mm. death. And you come back to life. And we call that resurrection. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jesus, for resurrecting from the mm-hmm. dead. It gives us assurance that if we put our faith in you, that one day we too will rise from the dead. And I just pray for our listeners right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the primary listeners and maybe secondary listeners. And I even pray for the people who are listening who will carry some of this in their day mm-hmm. and share some of this with others, Lord God, mm-hmm. that you be with them, that you give them courage that you give them strength, that you use their members, including their mouth and their tongue, Lord, as they articulate these things to other people, God, that you will be working on the hearts and minds of those individuals that will hear and that the Holy Spirit will be convicting them of sin, but opening their eyes, opening their minds, giving them curiosity about this thing called the resurrection, Mm -hmm. about this man called Jesus and about this life that he lived here on earth. Um, to give us examples of how to live, but also to die. Mm -hmm. And so thank you so much for this, Lord. Um, I pray that you continue to bless us, God. We need the blessing of increased faith. Um, And maybe there's other areas in our lives that we seek your blessing in, Lord. But I just pray that you continue to give us measures of faith to help us right where we are and to give us what we need right when Mm -hmm. we need it because we know you will. So thank you so much, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Peace, y'all. Thanks, Have a good everyone, week. for uh, for listening today. Yeah. And uh, we can, you can check us out, share this on our Instagram or Facebook, and learn more. So, hey, man. Have a good week. No go stepping to no. Yes. Peace. Peace.